God's grace and God's mercy is peace be given to you and they are through our Lord and our Savior Jesus we're going to look at the gospel lesson for this morning and I'd like to just lift up verse 11 uh, then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him and let's pray Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our rock, our redeemer, our, our solid ground. Amen. This is just, this is a word that the devil just absolutely cannot stomach or stand. Call him this, and he simply hates it. It's kind of like, Fingernails on a chalkboard kind of a sensation for him. If you want to send him packing, just call him this, liar. You know, I find it ironic that calling the devil what he actually is makes him turn tail and run. I mean, he's Lucifer. He is the father of lies. That's all he does, is tell lies. And yet, call him that, especially when he is tempting you to do something. Call him that. And he will run away in defeat. Now, let me issue a word of caution at this point. Just understand, he may run away in defeat, but he'll come back. Because it's just like this. It's just as if I were to call you liar. For most of us, when somebody does that, we say, those are fighting words, aren't they? And we won't lay down and just roll over. Nor will he. He will come back again at you. Case in point, today's gospel lesson and the temptation of Jesus where Matthew concludes it saying, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left Jesus until an opportune time. Liar. You know, without actually using the word, I think that's the strategy that Jesus was employing that time out in the wilderness when he was there, led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Each time the devil came at Jesus with a lie, Jesus countered the lie with the truth. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. What was the devil's lie? Well, since Jesus was hungry out there in the wilderness... And since God obviously hadn't provided him anything in order to nourish him, it was now time for Jesus to take matters into his own hands and do it himself. Make these stones become bread. Now that's a pretty innocent lie, isn't it? I mean, it seems harmless. I mean, what's wrong with a little bit of, you know, do-it-yourself kind of stuff? Well... The devil would like for you and me to think that this is harmless. 
But if we fall for this lie of his, this is what happens. We're shifting our trust from God to ourselves. We're shifting and saying, we know better than God how to handle this problem. And any time the devil can get you and me to strike out on our own like that and take matters into our own hands as if we know what will work out best for us, that's a win for him. And it's an eventual and inevitable loss for us. Now maybe you're facing that kind of a situation right now. Is there something in your life that you have prayed to God for, and you have prayed to God for, and you have prayed to God some more for, and you're still waiting for an answer, and now you're starting to think, I'm not going to get an answer, so I'm going to have to take control of this, and I'm going to have to do this by myself? Jesus resisted that temptation. And he called it for what it was. It was a lie. Jesus wasn't out there in the wilderness in order for God to provide for his human needs and in order for him to take matters into his own hands. Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness as an act of trust in God and as an act of obedience toward God. And so Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you that they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, not that I want to give him credit for this, but you've got to admit, the devil is pretty good at what he does. I mean, he can make lies sound so right. He can even use scripture and twist scripture to back up his lies, to support doing something that would be sin. And he's still doing that today. There are Christians who take God's word and they use it in order to make it say what they want it to say. Take the definition of marriage. And many Christians take that definition of one man, one woman, and have instead made it to say what they wanted to say, two people who love each other and are committed to one another. Some time ago, long time ago, I was visiting with a dad at his request who was concerned that his daughter was dating an African-American young man. And you could see the prejudice and the racial bias that he had. And he even used scripture to support his prejudice by saying, after all, in Genesis, when God created everything, he said, let each reproduce after its own kind. And he was using that as his argument that his is wrong for his daughter to be dating an, a man from a different race, making scripture say what he wanted it to say. And yet, when we do as Jesus did, 
and take these issues and place them into the context of God's Word, when we let God's Word stand and, and try not to make it say what we want it to say or justify the action that we want to take, the lie of the devil is exposed and the truth is told. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. This is one of Satan's pet moves. He's dangling something in front of Jesus which Jesus already in reality actually has. Jesus already had all authority in all the kingdoms by virtue of who he was. He was Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Has the devil ever tempted you with that? Offered you something making you seemingly feel as though you didn't have what it was that he was trying to offer you? That you just didn't have the necessary ingredients that if you could only have, if you could only have a little more money, then you'd be happy. Or if you could only have a different spouse, then you'd be happy. Or a, a little more of whatever it would take in order for you to be happy when all along you already have everything you need in order to be happy. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him. So let's ask the good Lutheran question, which is, what does this mean? What does this mean for you and me in our daily lives as we daily face the temptations of the devil? Well, in stark contrast to the devil, who is nothing but a deceptive alternate route and a liar and death, we have Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. We have someone to turn to in times of temptation who will always tell us the truth. We can rely on him to tell us the truth. For it is, Scripture says, it is impossible for God to lie. We also have this. We have Jesus with us who is someone who defeated the devil for us and not only the devil but also sin and death for us. Not just on that day at the end of his 40 days in the wilderness but every day of his earthly life Jesus succeeded in withstanding the temptations of the devil. He was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. And because he did that, and because he went on to suffer and die for our sins, and because he went on then to rise again on the third day for the forgiveness of our sins, we are 
forgiven. You and I are forgiven. That's the truth. And that's the truth that the devil will come at day by day with us, with our guilt feelings, our feelings of shame, our, our feelings of, of having failed. He'll seek to get us to doubt and not believe that God has forgiven us of our sins. But when he does that, take a page out of Jesus' book and say this right to him. It is written, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses me from all sin. Now, having said that, you and I, we need to be on our guard. Jesus is with us, yes. The Spirit is also with us in the form of God's Word. The Word is a powerful tool against temptation and the devil. Back in the 80s, five other guys and I went out to Boulder, Colorado for a Promise Keepers event. And the, the football stadium was filled with guys, I don't know, 60, 70,000 guys. And the speaker at the moment was a pastor, T.D. Jakes. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. But he was talking to us as men about temptations. And he was talking about this story. And as he told the story, as the devil tempting Jesus, he asked the crowd, and, and what did Jesus do? He hit him with scripture. And what did the devil do? The devil ran, he said. And so he leads that whole stadium of 50,000 plus guys saying to us, you don't have to take it. You don't have to take his stuff. Hit him. And he's got all of us shouting at the top of our lungs, hit him, hit him. I can still see it. I can still feel it. Hit him with scripture. I was listening to the Lutheran Hour this morning, Karen and I, as part of our devotion, and, and the preacher was preaching on this very text, and he cited Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin. Hit him with the word. You know, we're still no match for him, though, on our own. He is our adversary, prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. On our own, we can't take him. But we're not on our own. And so the next time the devil comes at you, call him for what he is. He is a liar. For not only does God send his angels to attend you, Jesus is by your side, as is the Spirit, and those two know how to handle the devil. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.